Welcome to the Catholic Youth Podcast, a podcast that will encourage and inspire you in engaging with young people in Catholic youth ministry. I'm Juliana, and in today's episode number two, How to Create a Sacred Space, I'm sitting down with Alison Gore, Senior Education Advisor at Catholic Education Essay, to talk about sacred spaces. So there comes a time where every youth minister has to put together a sacred space, and if you're anything like me, and don't feel particularly creative or confident about making a sacred space, it can be a pretty overwhelming task. So today, we'll find out from Alison, what is a sacred space? Why we often have sacred spaces in our prayer groups and retreats, and how incorporating one can really elevate our gatherings. We'll also learn a bunch of practical tips that will have you creating a beautiful sacred space in no time. So, Alison, welcome to the Catholic Youth Podcast. Thanks, Juliana. Lovely to be here. Thanks so much for coming. Um, So, for those who don't know you, could you just quickly tell us who you are, what do you do, and maybe tell us a highlight for you in your experience working with young people in Catholic education? Um, So, Alison Gore, um, I've been with Catholic education since I was four and a half. So, I'm coming up to, oh, about 55 years of uh, Catholic education. Um, And a lot of that has been, you know, really connected to the church. So, in the last 15 years, particularly, I've been in religious leadership positions. Um, that's led me to do a Master's of Catholic Education and a Master's of Theology. I really love scripture um, and uh, I do like creating prayer spaces. And one of the interesting things about some of the, quite a few of the prayer spaces I've created is I don't feel like it's my work. Mm. I often get that inspiration. I think, well, this is the work of the Spirit. But, you know, sometimes when you're in a work situation, and uh, you know, people are knocking on the door, and you have to create a prayer space. You may not actually get that inspiration. I'm I'm lucky that I create prayer spaces here at the Catholic Education Office, and I can think well ahead and go, oh well, you know, we're coming up to Easter. What will I do with that space? Mm. But uh, yeah, it can be a very challenging thing, and it's um, about how you're creating a space, not just for you, but for the people who will interact with it. Absolutely, and um, I've kind of lassoed you into it because I feel like you do really have a great gift in in creating that. To give people context, um, we're here over in Catholic Education SA and there's people from, you know, all different areas that work here and Alison creates sort of liturgically themed sacred spaces, you know, in our hallways and things. So when people pass, it really sort of inspires just a moment of reflection or prayer in a busy work day. Um, I've recently been caught out a couple of times um, in the past couple of months. Um, I've been asked to create a sacred space for some gatherings and um, I ensured in panic, absolute panic, because I don't see myself as a creative person and thinking, oh gosh, if I'm going to plonk some um, you know, fabric here and a candle there, it's just going to look terrible and going to totally miss the mark. Um, so I'm really excited to sit with you here today um, to find out you know, all about sacred spaces and really feel a bit more equipped in doing it when, when the opportunity arises. So first of all, could you tell us sort of what is a sacred space and um, why, why do we, the, we include them, you know, when, you know, either in the office or in churches or when we're having retreats or prayer groups or gatherings? Sure. I think there's two terms we, people mm-hmm. use interchangeably. One of them is sacred spaces and one of them is prayer spaces. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's really interesting because sometimes we're actually in a sacred space. We're in a church or a chapel or somewhere like that. And then we create a prayer space, which is kind of a little bit odd. But I think the whole intention is to deepen the prayer experience. Mm. And sometimes you're creating them to gather a group for a prayer service or you know, adoration or something like that. And sometimes, like the ones I might create here, it's about um, people just going past and interacting and thinking, bringing God to mind. Yes. But I think it's always about that deepening relationship with God. Um, some of them, you know, if you're creating it for a group, they're going to gather around it. I think it's really important that not only is it bringing God to mind, but it's connecting the group. It's bring, the, the group see themselves in that space. Uh, so there might be something that you include in the space that you go, oh, actually, that's who we are as a group. Or it might be that it's interactive mm. and that the group actually contribute to it. So I'm thinking of, say, you've got a day-long retreat experience. The space might be quite empty at the beginning of the day or a school, um, yeah, school retreat experience. But you know, there might be an activity during the day where people, you know, create something. could just be a post-it note that they put into the space and so the group is reflected in that space along with God. Yeah, yeah. So it can be quite interactive. Um, yeah, it mm. doesn't have to be what we might think of of those, you know, beautiful satin sheets and, and things. But, yeah, we can really think outside of the box as yeah. to what or where a prayer space can be. And I think it's actually quite inspiring having such spaces in a workplace as well that can turn our mind to God in, mm. in the rush of a busy day. Um, so if someone's asked to create a sacred space, before we jump in and do that – um, what are the key things that we need to think about? Um, I'd probably say bring it to prayer. Yes. <laughs> be one thing. Um, the next thing, you know, the church's liturgical cycle is a gift. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, first thing is, okay, I want colour. Um, you know, you want the cloth. So, you know, the liturgical cycle of the church helps immensely. Mm. Then, you know, the imaging, and I always like to have um, – so if I'm playing with levels in a yes. prayer space, which I often do, sometimes it's just the cloth on the ground. Sometimes I might play with levels. Um, I'd always make sure that the cross or the crucifix is the highest point. Yes, okay. Um, but I, if I'm lucky enough to have a selection of those, um, you know, during Lent I'd probably make sure I did go with a crucifix. Yes. Um, at other times of the year, you know, I might have um, – I've got a lovely Indigenous cross and I might use that. Um, you know, it might connect that to the season of creation or something yeah. like that. Um, but there are other ways. If you haven't got a cross or a crucifix, you know, an open Bible, even a candle can bring God to mind. Yes. Um, then you can add the other little bits and pieces, like you might add, you know, um, if you haven't, you know, you can have a candle and a Bible. You can mm. have, you can bring nature in. Um, I think one of the interesting things is with the plenary council, one of the recommendations was that we do see religious, um, indigenous religious symbolism in our Absolutely. churches, in yeah. our prayer. So if you've got something like that, that can be there too. Um, you know, art, it might be an icon, it might be, um, you know, just something that is provocative. Mm. So if I was doing prayer and we were talking about social justice, I might be looking for something that quite in some ways people might find a little bit shocking, but it yeah. brings the people that we want to pray for to mind. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I'm thinking about earlier this year, um, I created a prayer space in the chapel here and uh, it was when the Pope particularly asked for prayer for Ukraine and we mm. set up a prayer space for a few days and there was an image at that time of a young mother who I think had given birth as the city was being um, bombed. In fact, she may have even been in a, sit- in a room which was bombed and she's holding her child and her husband was beside her and I you know, counteracted that with a, prayer, um, a picture of the Holy mm. Family. So hopefully in people's minds they went, ah, here is that image, this connection between those two images. Now the image of a young woman who's just given birth and has been in a bombing and has a bandage around her head because of that and some scratches on her face, for some people that's quite confronting, quite quite provocative, but it's what you put with it. Absolutely. And um, I love that idea of using those sort of – daily images or, or or things that are sort of happening around us and in how that can invite us into prayer and reflection um, and using, you know, the liturgical calendar is brilliant. What colours should we use? What season are we in? What's maybe the purpose of um, why we're gathering and how we can play into that? Mm. So, you know, but the other side of that is then thinking about the pur- – absolutely thinking about the purpose. So if it's the school feast day – that the youth ministers called, called, can you create something for school feast day? You might use the school colours. Yeah. Um, if you were at a, you know, I don't know, a weekend retreat with a group of people for a youth group, um, you might draw a little bit more on the natural environment. Down the beach you might use some, you know, sandy colours or some more natural, neutral colours in your prayer space to yeah. reflect who the people are, where they are, and again, you know, you highlight that relationship with God in the prayer space. Absolutely. And I think it um, also elevates the gathering a bit. You know, you, you can think if you're just going to a regular party or something, how we usually decorate those spaces and use colours and things to invoke festivities. Um, so how much, you know, deeper and more sensory um, we can have a prayer experience if, you know, maybe we step a bit out of our comfort zone and, um, you know, ask in prayer, hey, Holy Spirit, I need some help doing this. Um, what sort of, um, you know, evocative thing can we can we put together for that? So, yeah, mm. that's really exciting. And I think it is about creating spaces, you know, it, it comes into hospitality too, creating mm. spaces of welcome, creating spaces where people see themselves in that space to yeah. help them connect with God. Um, I think that's all really, really important. And I'd probably say also, you know, Less is more in all of that as well. Sure. So um, the the temptation is, well, this would connect to this person, this would connect to this person. And, and you know, uh, it sounds really funny, but I know florists use the principle of using it's either one, two or three, five, seven because odd, odd num- numbers, odd numbers okay. look good. But I'd say, you know, one of the, the things you're doing at the prayer space is to help people to focus. Yes. So if you've got too many things, there's too many distractions to connect with what the purpose is, which is to connect in prayer to God. Yeah. So just being careful in that space. But it's really easy to create something that's really beautiful. 
Absolutely. And I've seen it done even sort of for simple meetings or, or things for, for church-related things. Um, and how you're right, it, it sort of evokes something. And as soon as you step into a space, you know, oh, okay, this is here. And that touches me in a way and sort of brings my mind to God and adds such a, another beautiful element to any sort of gathering of people. Okay. So another thing I want to dive into is more of the juicy details, right? So um, we might have a lovely box of materials, um, some candles, some icons or things. So what are sort of the practical tips or hacks um, we can use when it comes to creating that sacred space? Um, yeah, there's, a, there's probably a few things. Um, it's having probably an appreciation of beauty mm. or you know the aesthetics of it. Um, but then I'd say, like I was just using that example of a social justice thing, um, the element of truth. Okay. So, you know, if we're in Lent, we can't hide away from, you know, I'm thinking Holy Week. You know, if you've got something that looks like a crown of thorns and you've got a crucifix, there is a beauty in that. But let's not hide away, you know, from the mm. truth of it. Let's mm-hmm. not sanitise things um, because those images do bring us to prayer as well. Um, the hacks. Um, I said, liturgical year is your friend. Um, I think probably think about how you're positioning people in relation to the prayer space. Mm. So if you're going, and I'm you know, thinking of those gatherings, you know, if you've got a circle, then you need to create, and you're creating the prayer space in the middle, you need to create in such a way that everyone's got something to look at. Mm. It's not like that awkward back where yeah. it's just the oh. back of a box. It's back of the box and yeah. <laughs> where you can see the pins have been attached or the sticky tape's been attached to make the fabric drape nicely. Um, you know, if you've got you know, sem- people in a semicircle, you know, then maybe playing with some heights. Mm. Um, and a hack I've got in that is that often you've got the tub or the box or whatever that you've actually brought everything in with it up Pull out everything, throw that on the floor for a moment, use the box as, yeah, as, <laughs> as your height. As height. Um, and then you can then place things, you know, on using the box as one element and maybe you've got a book or something like that that you can use for another, uh, another height. But um, if you've got those people in a semicircle, then something that um, you can play with heights and you can know that everyone's going to see something. Yes. Um, and I said again, I'd play with you know the fact that the crucifix or the cross is, is the highest point. But I said if you haven't got one of those, the Bible or you know the candle symbolising the light of Christ, that's great too. Um, but you can also have the the you know the cross at the top and and a Bible and a candle, and you're still not. And then something that might connect the group to that. To that, yeah. Whether it's a you know a, a an icon or a picture of the particular piece of scripture you're going to engage with. And maybe, as you said, maybe even a, a modern image that might connect. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking. You know, okay, you're doing the Good Samaritan, but I'm, you can get a you know lovely black and white photo with a, a man sitting, you know, on a street corner. Yeah. Um, who looks like they're experiencing homeless with a sign saying, "Who is my neighbour?" I've seen that image. Yeah. Wow, that brings that scripture into this space. The space yeah. and, and connects it to our life today. Yeah, wonderful. I've actually have a funny story about the heights. Um, I was at one event and um, we didn't have something to give the heights, but one of the other people had just bought um, some nappies that were <laughs> half price. <laughs> they like, wait, I've got this beautiful box in my car, so we used that one to create the height. So yeah, it could really <laughs> just be creative with what's around mm-hmm. you. Yeah, and look, a chair, 
a chair works too, you know, yeah. and you use the, the back of the chair to just pull your fabric up over there. You put the thing that you want at the high point on the seat of the chair and then you can put some things around the bottom and it works quite well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you said once to me also check what's around you, maybe in terms of nature or if there's things, yeah. you know, in your location that you can incorporate. Could you speak a little bit into yeah, that? Yeah, I think, you know, that's the other thing. And sometimes when you're caught on the hop and you kind of go, oh, yeah, I brought the tub and all I remembered to bring was the cloth and the cross. Um, and we've got a Bible here anyway because we're going to use that during the day. Um, you can go outside and go, well, there's a couple of, you know, in an environmentally friendly way. Um, there's a, you <laughs> with know, permission there, from with the permi- neighbours. <laughs> because we're kind, caring people. Um, you, you can bring some flowers in. Mm. You know, if you're at the be- down the beach because you're doing a, a, you know, youth group retreat or something or a day down the beach, you know, grab some s- shells and things like that just to put them in there or bring them with you because I think that's actually more environmentally friendly <laughs> if you've got the ones you bought. Hey, and don't forget places like um, – you know, the cheap, cheapest chips and the browsing and saves and Kmart, often you'll see things in those places and you go, I know that's for a home decoration space, but hey, I can make it work in a prayer space. So I've got a, um, a wooden heart on kind of a little pedestal. Mm-hmm. I bought it for Kmart for $8. Yep. But it frequently gets used by myself and my colleagues in a prayer space. Yeah. Kmart certainly didn't create it for that intention but it works for us so well when we're creating spaces absolutely and i would say sort of another hack from my side is if you know that you've got something at home or oh for me it's always oh mum has that thing i can borrow it um so maybe even doing a call out to people you know does anyone have you know this colored cloth or or you know this type of candle that we can borrow Mm. op shops are also another great you know, fine, if you've got the time to sort of go through. Um, and that's also sort of, you know, um, environmentally pretty good with reusing yeah. sort of things um, as well as, um, you know, something a bit more economic. Yeah. yeah. Op shops are really interesting because sometimes it's the, you know, bit morbid, but, you know, grandma's died and nobody knows what to do with some of the religious objects that Absolutely. grandma's yes. <laughs> And so they give them to Vinnie's and, and that's where they end up. So you can often get some things there like, you know, crosses and crucifixes and things like that. Um, you know, it's really interesting that sometimes for a liturgical space, you can go into a shop like Spotlight and they'll have, you know, 50% off fabrics or, you know, here is our clearance table. And things that would not look great as a, a shirt or a pair of pants um, can look really beautiful in a prayer space. Um, and, you know, you can use them in those those kind of areas. Even things like as we're coming up to Christmas now, although you seem to be able to get them throughout the year now, little fairy lights and things yes, like that. Yeah. And again, I, you know, that's what we spoke about earlier about not being too distracting but sometimes you know that can look really beautiful around the base of a crucifix or um, absolutely on a prayer space and often they're really you know around really cheap prices or even if you wait for those boxing day sales sales you know (laughs) Um, and as you said recycling what's around the house um, you know, it's really interesting. Sometimes people go, oh, I bought this, you know, I bought this scarf when I was over in India and I don't know what to do with it. Excuse me, that will go very that will nicely look, in the first yeah. place. Matches my <laughs> colour palette perfectly. Exactly. Yeah, so to really get creative in, in those sort of ways. Um, one thing that's kind of my gripe is um, I went to do one once and the fabric in the box had gone 
super crinkly um, and it just kind of looked very, very sad. Um, so even though I personally um, try to avoid ironing mm. at all costs, it's probably just something to keep in mind if you are using fabrics. Yeah. Um, you know, has it got stains? Has it got wrinkles? And someone told me they had a perfect hack from a teacher who was, you know, if you're often finding yourself doing sacred spaces, they had um, – a like a hat rack or a jacket rack and would just sort of use the cloth and then drape it back on the rack so it wouldn't get all crinkled in a box so I just thought that was magical (laughs) so if that helps anyone out there yeah and it's worth checking if you've used it a few times and you've had candles around make sure you've got a a really adequate thing under the if you're going to do lit candle if you're in a space where you can do a lit candle because lots of places say no lit candles um which we can then get to electric candles and again came up but you've got an adequate thing underneath the candle because otherwise you'll get wax on your cloth and the next time you pull it out and you go oh i was going to do something about that cloth that wax um house housewife tip never like using that term but anyway um is pop it in the freezer some you can crack some of it off and also you can iron things with a couple of layers of um you know uh, paper towel and sometimes you'll get some of it off that's amazing um there is a fabric that is called panay velvet yes and it's always comes in 150 centimeter wide um rolls so you only need a meter of it and it's you, you get quite a lot of fabric. It's probably adequate for, for you know, a small liturgical space for a group. Um, it doesn't crinkle and it looks really um, rich because it is a velvety type yeah. of fabric. Um, sometimes you can get other knit fabrics that look good and will not crinkle. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you work with the crinkles. Sometimes the crinkles are okay too. Yes. <laughs> we can work work with that. Oh. Beautiful. No, those are all sort of great tips and I will definitely be applying some. But I would love to know what is sort of one thing or one takeaway um, you'd like people to know to sort of encourage them when they're creating sacred spaces? One thing. Wow. Um, Just remember that it's you're taking some responsibility in helping people to connect to prayer, to connect to God. Mm. So I think that's the main thing. Why are we doing this at all? Um, it's not just because it looks pretty. It's not like it's not so. It's just something in the middle of the room rather than carpet. That's what you're doing. Um, you know, people bring themselves into that space too. But you're just. We know sometimes people are rushing in, and all of a sudden, you know, actually, we're going to start with prayer. Oh, you know, you might want to focus on the candle. You might want to focus on that image of the Good Samaritan, mm. the modern day image of the Good Samaritan, whatever it is, just to help people get into um, into prayer. Yeah. Yes, that's that's I am. How wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Alison, for joining me today. And you've also very kindly offered that we can maybe post some of the pictures of some spaces um, you've created to give inspiration to people. Um, so you'll be able to find those over on our social media pages um, if you'd like to see the wonderful things Alison has created um, and that will inspire you in creating your sacred spaces. So thanks so much for coming today, Alison. Oh, you're very welcome, Juliana. And uh, I hope that's helpful to people out there. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Catholic Youth Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Cath Youth Adelaide to stay up to date with all the latest information, resources and events. Until next time, see you. See you.